Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, and a gooder morning to you. Gooder? Did I say that? December 4th. I'm not sure what that was in relationship to. We have a wintry mix falling at the moment. Mother Nature incapable of making up its mind whether to sleet, snow, or rain on us. Uh, And uh, the Judiciary Committee impeachment inquiry hearing beginning as I speak. Today, this is... Democrats really don't put on a show. They're serious, you know. They're serious, so they're doing this. I heard someone say that today's uh, hearing will be a uh, wonderful opportunity for the American people to learn why the Founding Fathers put impeachment in the Constitution, what the historical contours were, where they were coming from, how they defined impeachable behaviors. And so it's going to be a bunch of law professors uh, arguing the point. Um, The thing is, is that that is what you would do if you're serious people beginning this serious task of impeachment of a sitting president. And uh, Democrats tend to be more serious, it's true. Uh, not given to showmanship. And so they will build their case and they will have the legal uh, definitions parsed today. And it is true that most Americans don't want to, I mean, they don't have time, they're not that interested and or, and Republicans have no intention of cooperating in any way to keep this a effort to arrive at a truth. I don't know. Uh, they'll they'll make it into a show. And uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I wish I were more. I wish I were more upbeat for you. But I'm not. I'm just not. Jennifer Rubin, who used to be a Republican, uh, writing in the Washington Post, uh, is one of the is a serious person. Uh, she clearly practically swooned at the uh, report that came out of uh, Adam Schiff's uh, intelligence committee. Uh, most people, of course, won't read it. <laughs> uh, and like a true serious person. She says, this report has got pizzazz to spare. Well, only if you're, again, a serious person. Uh, So you tell, here, I mean, here's the beginning of the report, the executive summary. President Trump's scheme subverted U.S. foreign policy and undermined our national security in favor of two politically motivated investigations that would help his presidential re-election. And on and on. Now, that's, you know, okay, that's a pretty good summation of what most of us know happened because, in fact, we have the somewhat... Tra- transcript of the call. We have the president himself. We have Mick Mulvaney saying, yeah, get over it. And as Rubin says, I mean, none of these facts are contradicted by anything. Uh, That's what all the people we saw being trotted out in Schiff's uh, committee uh, made clear there is agreement on what the facts are. But the report that came out that made serious people like Jennifer Rubin swoon 
and find pizzazz was the fact that we had not known that the committee also had, courtesy of Verizon and um, I, I'm not sure what other Verizon and somebody else, had these phone records showing, I mean, it doesn't, it's not, we don't know the content of the calls. We simply know that Giuliani is calling the Office of Management and Budget, which ordered the hold on the aid. And then there were calls being made by the ranking Republican member of the Intelligence Committee, the loathsome conspiracy mongerer, Reverend, Reverend Devin Nunez, Representative Devin Nunez. And, and that he actually was talking to one of these clowns, friend of Giuliani, who's been indicted by the Justice Department, Lev Parnas. What was Devin Nunez talking to him about? And as Ruben points out, Nunez then obviously now becomes a fact witness himself. And his efforts to disrupt the hearing and toss out one conspiracy theory after another obviously begins to, as she puts it, reek of self-interested obstruction of the committee's work. Schiff himself, in an understatement, said, It is, I think, deeply concerning that at a time when the President of the United States was using the power of his office to dig up dirt on a political rival, that there may now be evidence that there were members of Congress, and in fact, he doesn't say this, members of Congress, in fact, the ranking Republican member of the House Intelligence Committee, that may have been complicit in the activity that is being investigated. What a den of gutter dwellers these people are. Really extraordinary. Nunez has the gall to sit there on high, knowing full well he was party to the potentially criminal conduct going on. Part of enabling, aiding the whole scheme. Lawrence Tribe, the Harvard constitutional scholar, says this, the evidence of those suspicious Giuliani phone calls with these thugs reinforces the overwhelming case that the American president was directing a criminal conspiracy to conscript U.S. military aid and the powers of his office to benefit himself and his own re-election at the expense of national security. If this is not impeachable and removable conduct, we are done as a constitutional republic. I can see Lawrence Tribe has the same sort of sense of this whole thing that I do. The report shows that all of this was going on and all was understood and known by Mick Mulvaney, the chief of staff and the head of OMB, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and Secretary of Energy Rick Perry. So... The odd thing that came out yesterday with this report is it shows that, I mean, we might have suspected it, but the phone calls certainly underscore it more. Seems to show that Nunez was in the middle of this plot from the beginning, which might explain why he was trying to do everything he could to undercut Schiff during the hearings. Jennifer Rubin suggests, and I think there is no doubt, that Nunez needs to appear 
and provide testimony under oath. He is not immune from subpoenas as a fact witness. He needs to be sworn in and have to testify. So, I don't know. She ends her piece with this. The Intelligence Committee's report is a triumph of clarity and thoroughness. Now, to make the best possible case, the House should press to hear from newly revealed witnesses who have knowledge of Trump's action and potentially participated in the wrongdoing. If current cabinet members, such as Pompeo, do not appear, the House should, cons should consider impeaching them as well. The stonewalling must end. And it is quite clear that Trump and the White House feel that simply by refusing to comply in any way with Congress's constitutional duty to get to the bottom of this thing, that that in and of itself, of course, constitutes reason for removal. It's the boldness, the audacity of their criminality that is so breathtaking and still is to me. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm used to it now. I understand that's what they do. I remember when I first started years ago now to see how they would disregard reality, lie to the American people, I mean, in, in ways that were patently absurd, that these are people with no shame. These are people with great power who intend to keep it at all costs. Yeah. Barbara writes, but uh, Devin Nunez claimed uh, last night that he, he, uh, he didn't remember speaking to Lev Parnes, the thug associate of Giuliani's. Uh, <laughs> the phone records show frequent uh, calls between... <laughs> Nunez and uh, Parnas. Nunez actually said, I don't, I mean, I don't know why I'd be getting calls from random people. He acted like he didn't even quite know who Parnas was. One of the calls was something like nine minutes long. I don't know about you, but I don't talk to somebody for nine minutes and then have no recollection of a phone call with them or suggest I don't know them. As the president over in London yesterday was saying, he didn't know Prince Andrew. There is a, there, you could do an entire exhibit of photos of Trump with Prince Andrew. Again, it's that level of lying that 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 is what frightens me because it is orwellian it is we're getting to my mind the first experience of what it's like to live in a like despotic country where you are told what you are seeing even if it is the opposite of what your own eyes are telling you you're seeing. Where up is down and black is, and is white. And this is all done with a straight face. 
And then there are others who immediately parrot. Yes, black is white. Up is down. War is peace. It's moved out of the books, out of Orwell in 1984 and all kinds of other dystopian novels. It has moved out of that into our daily lives. And I guess the thing about it, other than the fear it engenders in me, that I find so, well, Damn it. I forgot what I was going to say. Jesus, do you hate that? It engenders fear, but it engenders a sense, I remember, of powerlessness. If you are dealing with people who will look at you and lie knowingly, I mean, they know you know it's a lie, but they just keep saying it. How do you how do you deal with that? How I mean it used to be, at least through my life, and it spans a number of uh, decades, that there was a you know a, a agreed upon fact. And we all understood. Remember uh, the late Senator Patrick Moynihan saying, famously to somebody, again, decades ago, you are entitled to your own set of opinions, but you are not entitled to your own set of facts. And at the time when he uttered it, everybody just thought, you know, we laughed at that because he was calling somebody out uh, so obviously. And now... The party that controls our federal government, except for the House of Representatives. The party that controls the Senate of the United States, the executive branch of the United States, the Supreme Court of the United States, that party? That's the up is down, black is white. Don't believe what your own eyes and ears are telling you. That's that party. And if you're not frightened by that, I mentioned in the last few days that um, American life expectancy has been going down this century, uh, while the life expectancies of all other industrialized, uh, wealthy nations have been going up. And I want to add on to that, and this comes with uh, information from uh, Paul Krugman. My life expectancy... is in line with European countries and and others. My life expectancy has not gone down. Probably yours has not either. One of the reasons is, is that people who live in blue states, which we really don't, people who live in blue states People who live on the coasts, mostly blue states, their longevity has not gone down. But when you add in their longevity with the longevity from those Americans who live in red states, states run by Republicans, it's they who are seeing their life expectancy drop. Just 30 years ago, 1990, God, that's 30 years ago, 
Just 30 years ago, the red states and the blue states, those same states, had the same, same life expectancy just 30 years ago. But since then, life expectancy in the states won by Hillary Clinton has risen more or less in line with all the other advanced nations of the world. While in states won by Trump, uh -uh. in fact, at this point in America, if you live in a blue state, you can expect to live more than four years longer than somebody trapped in a red state. Why is that? Well, public policy plays a role. When Republicans run things, they have certain policies in place, and when Democrats run things, they do too. Ha! Huh. When Democrats run things, lo and behold, people thrive. Republicans run things, people die, literally. The blue states in the last 10 years, 15 years, expanded Medicaid, drastically reduced the number of uninsured people who live in their states, while almost all red states did not. The growing gap in education also plays a role. Blue states have better educated people. Better educated people live longer than less educated people. Ask the actuary, actu, actu, actuarial table people. Now, obesity is greater in red states, alcoholism greater, opioid deaths greater. What are called, what, these um, deaths of despair, right? Is that what they're called? And what's extraordinary is that these people who are dying turn away from the party that would help them and still stay in the deadly embrace of the party that is destroying them. Now, if you ask our Attorney General, who is becoming one of the more frightening members of the uh, Trump cabal, if you ask Bill Barr, who in speech after speech keeps saying things like, uh, the reason America is going down and, and the reason uh, people are dying here is the collapse of traditional values brought on by these secularists. But see, that's not true. You won't find a more secularist area than Europe. They're very secularist, not religious, don't have those same right-wing ideas of what family values are. They're living a lot longer. They have not seen a comparable rise in deaths of despair. That's a uniquely American thing. And these horrors are concentrated in the states that voted for Donald Trump and well may do so again. And those of us who are in secular blue states, and I am not, we're living longer. Try getting that through Trump voters' heads. See, but the problem is it involves facts. Verifiable facts.
and uh, they have an aversion to them. They have like almost an allergic reaction to them. Here, here's a sense of what a red state does. And here's one of the worst states to live in if for your health. West Virginia, our neighbor. I just saw this little item and it made my, it just made my, it made me want to cry if you want to know the truth. <laughs> Prison inmates in West Virginia. This, this shows the kind of cruelty the cruelty of the Republican Party. Prison inmates in West Virginia have been told there are now 60,000 approved books that they can read in e-book form. Well, that sounds wonderful. Sounds like something a blue state might do. Oh, there's a catch. Yeah, they can read these books in ebook form but they will be charged five cents per minute they spend reading the books these are the same inmates who are paid four cents an hour for prison work they pay him four cents an hour, but charge him five cents a minute for trying to broaden their world, their world behind bars. How cruel, how evil do you have to be to institute such a policy? All right. Well, I want to note the um, fact that Kamala Harris has pulled out. I think it was smart of her. She wasn't going to win. And she needs to guard her Senate seat, I think. But the reality is, is we are now left with uh, pretty much white people. The next uh, debate will be devoid of color. And racism seems to be the driver of a lot of people who vote against their own interests. Because racism is something that wonderful Republican Party traffics in, more so than it ever has. And those folks have reason. Here's, here's another demographic uh, fact for you. In nearly 100 American metropolitan areas and cities, whites are in the majority. If you're just looking at people 45 years or older. Non-whites make up the majority if you're looking at people 45 and younger. So tell me, who does the future belong to? The all-white Republican Party? And maybe their move toward autocracy and despotism is their calculation that the only way they will maintain power in this country since they are the white party is to simply seize it in any way they can the most common age I'm not sure what that means in terms of average or something the most common age for a white person in the United States is 58. For non-whites, 
it's 27. So you tell me if the Republicans haven't figured out that the only way they can maintain even a modicum of power is for them to rely on despotism, criminal activity, anything. We're talking demographics? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just... But they figure they got a they got a generation or so, and they're just gonna like grab power and hold it. There's gonna be a that seems to be the strategy right now. That is like, the strategy. Yeah, it's the only to, thing they how have. To, how to how to hold on to their older, whiter. Um, they can't base. do it democratically. No. They cannot do it democratically. What, yeah. No. And and so no. they've got to suppress the I vote. Mean, they've I mean, got to rely they could on the they, help of Russia. They, yeah, they've got yeah. to lie, obfuscate, yeah, gerrymander, gerrymander, suppress Senate. voters. Yeah. Right. That is. God, there it is. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. I've been listening. Oh, well, I actually just listened to. There's a really good podcast LA Times put out about Prop 187 in California, which was this. Uh, anti-immigrant um, bill that was passed it was it, it was it how was, long ago was that this was in the 90s yeah uh, I'm not, I'm okay. yeah I'm yeah it. yeah pete yeah. wilson if you yes, uh, yeah i do remember and um it's it's just so funny because at, at the time in the 90s uh california was still like a purple state you know it, it elected a republican governor it it uh it was a lot more even in terms of its representation in congress and um you know it had history of Electing Republicans like Nixon and Reagan and um, yeah, look at yeah. their, their presidents. <laughs> the Republican presidents came out of California. That's right. Two of the most famous ones, yeah. uh, and probably one of the most revered ones, uh, is a coastal elite from Simi Valley, hey, California. Speaking of that, I mentioned this yesterday. <laughs> Remember how you a Republican couldn't speak without intoning the name of Ronald Reagan. Yeah. You don't hear his name yeah at all well yeah because his well it's it's done it's like it's like trump now you know like a That's lot right, of a lot reagan of, wouldn't have any standing with these people no probably not. not no no and but but anyway it was it was it was all about how this anti-immigrant bill which basically made it illegal for undocumented immigrants to um receive any kind of public service and that included going to public school um and it was it it was actually never instituted. Uh, it was uh, I think almost all of it was struck down by the courts before it was uh, you know instituted. But it it still won on the ballot, and it was still incredibly popular in California when it was passed at the time. But but um, a lot of uh, Democratic uh, you know politicians and especially a lot of Latinos in in California have kind of said it's like the reason they like got involved and it's the reason that they basically were flocked to the democratic party and more and more of that just continues on to this day it's like a, it's like a repeat of that and and i don't i don't think the republican party really understands the damage they're doing to latinos and to you know immigrants really um or even children of immigrants in terms of trying I, to attract them to their party latinos are like would have been very attractive to the Republicans. to the Republican Party. Yeah. Many, many of them are very religious. That's right. Um, they are socially conservative. Yeah, typically anti-abortion. Yeah, they are also anti-LGBT for the yeah. most part. That's yeah. kind of changing a little bit, but um, yes, they were. They, they were like, ripe for the picking, and even but economically, and even economically, because they're so entrepreneurial. Like, that's right. You know, right. And, and hardworking, yeah, family-oriented, and, really yes. and yet the Republicans couldn't get past their skin. I actually think they got. I actually think, and I'm not. I'm not trying to, um, you know, take away blame from the Republicans on this issue, but I think they got scammed. And I think they got like tricked by white nationalists. Basically, if you go back to Prop 187, it's so funny. The the uh, this bill, there were these like two Republican strategists that lived in Orange County at the time, and they basically got convinced by this guy to like pass this bill. They didn't even care necessarily about the bill that much. They just wanted to win a proposition. You know, because California has these really weird laws that basically anybody can get a proposition on the ballot, and they just wanted to win something. They just wanted to win a proposition, so they put all their efforts behind this, this, uh, you know, Prop 187, which guess what was, was, which was originated from the Federation for Immigration. Sorry, the 
FAIR, which is an anti-immigrant group that's funded by white nationalists and was created by a white nationalist. And, 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 and it feels like the same exact thing. Trump did that same exact strategy where he was so focused on, um, he, you know, he was so focused on getting these, this like anti-immigrant thing. The whole anti-immigrant movement was started in the 70s by John Tanton, white nationalist funded by Cordelia Scaife May. And, and yeah, our own, our own. But it's all about just like a white uh, nationalist thing. And it's like if they would have just ignored the white nationalist, they'd probably be, I mean, it, it'd be a lock. They would just control everything. You know, I think it's actually really damaged them. Hopefully it will continue to damage them, but well, we'll see. Yeah, well, fine. Taken yeah. down by their own, I mean, hoist on their own petard. If, 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 if it's their racism yes. that gets them... I don't gets them what I mean they own the government right now right now yeah yeah and they probably still and they probably still fight for longer and longer but I think by the time I don't know 20 years 30 years it's gonna I mean it's gonna be different the country's gonna change its demographics continually um and you know we'll see if there's a country left white people get so scared about that oh no the demographics it's like yo they're the same everyone's the same by the way they just like you know it's not like if there's a bunch of mexican americans it's gonna be like some hellhole it's so crazy uh, anyway i could go on that forever somebody uh one of our one of our listeners saw something that you got involved in mm. do you know anything about this that there was a story yeah, going Fu, around Fu that Connor. That, yeah, Fu's been on this program. Okay. Yeah. Um Fu Connor. Not a fan of his. I just want okay. to put it out there. He runs the Randy Land, doesn't he? Yeah, he he he, he works with Randy Yeah. Um Gilson, I forget his last name. Um and Rand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But he also has this blog that he sometimes posts to, but it's mostly just like he mostly just like takes. He mostly goes to like events, like nonprofit events, and like takes you know, government events, and, and takes pictures, and maybe I know. I see him. Yeah, kind of like a society him. reporter, I guess, Almost. would be like. Yeah, but yeah. Then on the other hand, so he was saying he was reporting that. So he he put out a story on his blog that said that the Post Gazette Union, the Guild, was going to walk out and start plans to start a new paper. Now. This story was sourced, f- according to Fu Connor, his his blog, from one anonymous source that Fu trusted. Great, but literally immediately after he published the story, which he didn't cooperate with anyone, uh, the guild said slapped it down. This is Slapped-ed. false. This isn't true. Then there were a bunch of other journalists. Also at the Post Gazette, who are also guild members, but they're not part of the guild uh, leadership, mm-hmm. that said, I haven't heard anything about this. And so if, if, if you start having reporters coming out and saying, I haven't heard anything about it, your story is almost certainly not true. And you need to realize that as a reporter, that you can't just run on a rumor, especially if it gets struck down. Why would the guild want to squash that rumor? Why would they want to? You have to think like that as a reporter. If they have a vested interest in gaining support for an alleged walkout. They would want that spread far and wide. They would want they would want a bigger press to pick up on it. They would want uh, us to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. They would want um, you know everyone else in the area to pick up on it. And and so to like run that and then defend it afterwards. So I got in a, I, I I got in with him on Twitter because I said this is so irresponsible. This is like this this is what the one of the biggest problems with the media with the fact that we don't have the traditional uh yes, there are no, journalistic yes. ethical people who are schooled in how to because this is literally the lessons that you learn from is like oh wow this sounds like an explosive story and i do have one source saying it but that if, ain't good enough. if that person is not that willing ain't. to go on the record yeah and if you are getting literally the opposite message from other people who would 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 be on that side you can't run the story. You just can't. It 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 just okay. it spreads a false narrative and it's really irresponsible. Okay, so that's. Can yeah. I just read this because this is mm-hmm. cool? You yeah. know, well the the uh, justice uh, committee hearing has begun. Okay. Is, is yeah. going on. Okay. And, uh, Jerry Nadler is the uh, chair, and I'm being told that he led his opening statement with a quote from George Washington. Okay. On who? 
<laughs> and who would be a threat to the young democracy they were creating? Here are George Washington's words. When a man unprincipled in private life, desperate in his fortune, bold in his temper, despotic in his ordinary demeanor, known to have scoffed in private at the principles of liberty, when such a man is seen to mount the hobby horse of popularity, to join in the cry of danger to liberty, to take every opportunity of embarrassing the general, general government and bringing it under suspicion, to flatter and fall in with all the nonsense of the zealots of the day, it may justly be suspected that his object is to throw things into confusion that he may ride the storm and direct the whirlwind. Ooh, man, they just wrote so differently. God, well, because they were smart. They were educated. It's a little, it's a they, little, it's a little flowery for my no, taste. No, no, they didn't have, they didn't have, they read. They didn't watch TV. They didn't they have didn't TV. Read, they they didn't, would have. They would have. Were, they would oh, have. Geez, they would so have. <laughs> They also he also owns slaves, so you know, just saying. Oh, like, please. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just but, saying, we shouldn't always romanticize those. That, that no, sounds. but that's a yeah, yeah that's a great, I, it's a, absolutely. It's, yeah, that's a, that's a, that, okay. that's a great quote, and 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 I think that goes back to your earlier point of of the Republicans really circling the wagons around Trump, um, who like admitted admitted to. Like committing crimes, <laughs> you know, he admitted it. It's not even like he admitted no, it multiple all times. The and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 to, you know, to like back conspiracy theories and to do all these things, it it is because of these larger things around the Republican Party. It is because they know that their that their support is narrow and um and probably shrinking, you know, and you know they know these things deep down, and so they have to try to do something to maintain their control. I think it's like a survival mechanism. Yeah, but you, know? you just wonder about the soullessness of these people. Yeah, but America is filled with soullessness people. I mean, it's it's not only filled with them, it's run by them. Like, well, that, you know, uh, yeah, because, yeah. because in the way that, like, business has, has Operate, such right. huge control over our democracy, like, I mean, a lot of these people are soullessness. They, they, like, they like, see the world as a competition, and they see it as as whoever can be the best of the competition wins. I mean, that's how that's right. Bezos is, even though he, he's, he runs the Washington Post and all those other things, like these people still. That's, that, that, that's how they believe the world is. Is it Bezos? I'm always saying Bezos. Is uh, it Bezos? I feel like tomato, tomato. Really? I have well, no idea. he must have the, how the hell does he I don't he know. Say you it? never hear him talk. I never see him say his own last name. Bezos. Yeah. Bezos. No, Bezos. I think it's Bezos. What do we think? Bezos, Bezos. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> I was reading, there was a just numbing report about how when Amazon, you know, has has a standing in a in a community, mm-hmm. and it does in almost every community yeah. now, oh, yeah. how they just company in destroy the it. I mean, they just run roughshod over every, they don't play nice. Look what happened, look what happened here. It, look what happened with our, you know, new fulfillment center. The governor... The county executive, we got them incentives to come and build a fulfillment center out in Finlay Township, out yeah. at, you know near the airport. Uh, the, apparently, the unions are alleging that they're not using local contractors. They're not using enough local contractors. They didn't get anything in writing. They didn't get anything in writing. Well, there, there's to, no one <laughs> why more, would no, they? Yeah, there's no one more notoriously anti-union than, yes. than Bezos or Bezos. Exactly. So, so they basically, I think it was like a mixture of... of um, just the way Amazon operates, they have these like companies that they just work with when they build fulfillment centers, and they just thought, oh, that's fine. But obviously, especially in Pennsylvania, it's very you know nativist, I would say. But but you know, in the way that it says, well, we we hire workers from here. We care about our you know we really want to care about our local labor unions, and we want them to do the work for that our economic expansion. And we got fooled. And and ugh, I was just complaining about Amazon today on Twitter because. I um, wish people would stop using them 
They're destroying everything. It's very hard for Americans to stop well, something that's convenient, you know? That's right. Yeah. Well, so we then become party to our own demise. Yes. We because have to, we have to take stands sometimes, If convenience too. is the be-all and end-all, and, and it's absurd convenience. I want this, and I want it now. I think it's tied I mean, to... What? I mean, I just... Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, and I actually don't really use Amazon. Um, I, you know, sometimes my mother-in-law will buy me something on it or something, but I try not to use it. But, I mean, there are times where it's impossible not to because it's like yeah. the only... That's it? it? It's like the only, you know, time you can purchase something. But I I, I think it's... Um, I think it's tied to this, this like, perfect circle of of uh, how we support these things. Because and then they get tax incentives. Yeah. They get all this, our money. Yeah, because they have such sway over everything. They're incredibly popular company. They're the company. richest, com- I they're mean, the richest, the richest company. company, and yet they get aid, welfare. Yeah. Okay, if yeah. that's not reason to hate their guts, to not to go out of your way, to buy local, to stop this craziness of caring about convenience yeah god look I, what it's doing to us i don't i don't think we would support amazon as much if our w- our populace wasn't as overworked as it is i think that's one of the biggest problems well, is that we work i like for instance i work like 50 hours yeah you don't have 50 time plus to go hours shopping a week. the easiest and way to go yeah, shopping yes is, and to get your groceries yes. and to you know everything they're going to run anything. everything and in so our you, lives. You feel helpless, so you go, oh, but I need these things, yes. right? And so, so Amazon comes in and fills that void of, oh, we know people are overworked. We're actively participating in making you people overworked. You know who's overworked? overworked? <laughs> Wait, that, yeah, their warehouse yes. employees work 10 hours I would shifts. probably argue that they're, that they're, um, they're, they're non-warehouse employees. They're Work. I would argue their white-collar workers are probably overworked, too. I and knew one, my, yeah. a friend of my son's, who was out there in their headquarters, and he described a culture that was, I yeah. mean, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, people sobbing at their desks out of just stress. That, I mean, that's no, terrible. And, and, and this is what makes me really upset, is that the media, me and others, are are responsible for for going e- so easy on Amazon and and basically letting I mean that's starting to change now but when they first started so many of these tech companies we just gave them so much positive oh, totally. praise yeah. no skepticism all these things and that signaled to everyone in America that these are benevolent and good companies Facebook is a bad company they are a, a really, really awful company. company they are worse they are just as bad as Enron they are just as bad as the Lehman Brothers they're just as bad as all these companies yet we gave them so much positive praise when they first started coming up that they were making the world a better place we literally just repeated their corporate dogma and 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 now we're in a place where they're generally pretty popular and they're such ingratiated into our public lives that it's hard to take them down basically and to make them act better that would make our country better like we just need to work less that's like the basis of what america his problem is is if people work less they'd have more time that's to right. be participating in democracy that's they'd right. have more time for volunteering they'd have more time to not shop now? at bad companies you know who's struggling now because of amazon hmm. fedex and ups yeah and, and and that's how the market works. That's how the market works in America. So many people love to talk about these bridges where it's like, oh, no, it's a bridge, this other thing. No, it's a market share. It's a pie graph. And when one company grows, the other one shrinks. Shrink. And, no, we're, you're going to see um, these ring doorbells. Isn't that Amazon? Uh, that's a different company, I believe. Well, I don't know. Maybe they bought them out. I never know. They're all, there's, it there's says no antichrist here that, in this country. Uh, they literally, they're... Computing infrastructure underlies American commerce, governmental and communications. Um, it's every, it is an invisible infrastructure that powers our everyday lives. Most of us don't know 95% of what Amazon is doing now. Yeah. It is more powerful than most nation states. Yeah, it's unaccountable too. And it's unaccountable. That's something that people really need to think about. And I know that not that many people go to like... <sighs> 
city council meetings or anything like that. But we have the opportunity at least, right? We at least have the opportunity That's when something right. gets really bad, we can change things. We cannot do that if we give everything up to businesses. We have no power over them, you know? Uh, Amazon Web Services. You know, I keep seeing ads for them. Oh, yeah. Somebody oh, ads. Oh, my God. AWS. Are you seeing ads? That's Amazon Web Services. That's it is the ads. largest provider of cloud computing. It's building its, it says here that everybody uses them from, you know, major medical operations to investment firms, even the National Security Agency acknowledges that it relies on AWS for all kinds of admin. Yeah. They're in every Yeah, they're in everything. And they're still growing. And we're and we're encouraging it. <laughs> we're encouraging and it's the richest company in the world and they don't want to pay taxes. They don't pay taxes. And we're like, no yeah, keep growing, keep growing. And it's all it's all bullshit, honestly. And every time I hear politicians go, well, what about the jobs? What about the jobs? Does anybody ever think, and maybe I'm wrong here, jobs are finite. Like, there's always going to be jobs for people. Like, this yeah, idea, but, like, yeah, we but, can just create jobs a lot of different ways. Yeah, but the know? jobs that, the, that are being provided, I mean, they're talking about, there was an article just about Amazon in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Bal oh, yeah. Baltimore yeah. had a GM plant. They had a, yep. you know, and all they, these And they had people. a HQ2 bid, right? Yes. 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 And they were one of the Headquarters. ones just, you yes. know, like yeah. desperately trying to get just Amazon like to come. Just like Pittsburgh, yeah. Okay, so Amazon has a number of fulfillment centers right. there. Yeah. Tons of them. Yeah. And um, people have jobs. But yeah. guess what? They're making half as much as they used to. To make. Yeah, with worse hours. Worse hours, they, constant stress. They track their Dude. employees going to the fucking bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> the stress that these people are under. They get fight they are literally monitored every second. And guess what? This is actually really frustrating because I've actually seen commercials for Amazon for workers, and they are basically trying to signal to liberals, by the way, that Amazon is some great company because they're like they support they trans rights or something like yeah they pay right. for yeah they, oh they like give me a fucking break that is so shallow that it's like oh yeah trans rights blah blah blah. First of all, that's not your job, Amazon. Like that that is the government's job to just protect people. It's not that hard. We just have to pass the Fairness Act, which already cleared the fucking house. Like it, it it's just uh it, it, it no, just makes me so infuriating, and, like, we need to realize, and, like, obviously you know this because you used to work in TV, like, how much power these ads have over people. That's how, that's how they think. People, I, Americans think that we're all these, like, super intelligent, like, oh. let's weigh everything. No, we are swayed by the media constantly, and when TV ads tell us to buy a fucking big-ass truck, guess what? Big-ass truck sales go up a lot. You know, like when they tell us to support Amazon, guess what? Amazon uh, shopping goes up a lot. Like, oh, it's so frustrating. Like th this is this is and honestly the only there's only a couple candidates that are even talking about this on the presidential stage. And 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 well, and, and, it, and it's and, and honestly, it should be a yeah, it is. I to me, I, I'm glad I'm old. I don't want to. I, I, I just it's scary. Don't want to. No, it is. It is frightening because because I, I think about it all the time. And it's stresses me out like i don't know how we sway people to to more of like i don't know like like i don't know. you know sway people away and, and honestly it goes back to fukana a little bit too like in the way that like somebody can just post something and it gets shared on facebook and social media and people are like oh yeah and like yeah it's not that big of a deal it wasn't shared by like hundreds of thousands of people or something like that but it was still shared it, well it's it, it it shows how you know False information just spreads now. Yeah, we're very gullible. We are incredibly gullible. I want to yeah. – we've only got, uh, geez, six minutes left. Okay. But a great, uh, great cover yeah, show of um, City Paper this week. It's a takeoff <laughs> on Ritz crackers, yeah. and it's Fitz like cracker plant, <laughs> meaning uh, county uh, executive Rich Fitzgerald. My boss Lisa's idea is really good. Yeah, who's give her totally yeah. into uh, the cracker plant being built Yes, um, and wants more. Wants more, yeah. And uh, so you – Let's explain. Yes. It ain't crackers. I mean, when no. I first heard the term, I thought, what the f are they talking about? Because, <laughs> I mean, there used to be a Nabisco plant that's a few right. blocks that's from my right. house. That's where Google is now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it smelled so good in the yeah. neighborhood. And no, uh, so this is, uh, this cracker, this crackers, yes. has to do with the, the, there's a little plastic 
tell it it's, that it's, are despoiling the oceans, the everything. Well, it's, you, you, you. it's basically a cracker plant refines natural gas into plastics that can be made into like the bottle here. Um, and so it makes little plastic pellets, and then companies would buy those plastic pellets and turn them into bottles, turn them into car parts, turn them okay. into anything. Um, anything that's made out of plastic, which is almost everything. Uh, and so, yeah, um, but as political observers have noticed, there's been a rift between Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald, who supports cracker plants and supports fracking, and Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Petuto, sorry, Bill Petuto, who has now come out and uh, said that he does not want to see more cracker plants in the region. He's afraid that the more cracker plants that exist, the it will endanger um, the some of the growth we're, we're seeing in the tech sector, in the corporate right. sector. Because in, it pollutes. Because it's incredibly polluted. The, the cracker plant that is uh, built, being built right now is already permitted to um, uh, emit the equivalent of 40, 480,000 cars. There's only about 900,000 uh, cars that commute in the Pittsburgh region today. So that would increase that number 50% overnight. It's insane. Oh, That's, and our air is yeah. so good. And our air quality yeah. is already one of the worst in the nation. Yep. It's consistently in the top five. Right. Um, and... You know, it's just it's just one of those things that like even if this were to even if we were eventually to slowly transition away from uh, the Claritin Coke Works plant, the steel facilities that do that cause a ton of pollution in the area. Even if we were to transition away from that, we're basically like, oh, but now let's just replace it with something else, you know. And yeah, it's not steel. It's not coal. Um, but it's still it's still bad. It's still bad. You know, it's less carbon emissions, but it's more methane, you know, and methane is really, really bad for climate change. Probably one of the worst. And and it's just all these things. And so it was great for Perduto to actually come out and say this is bad. And when you look at the economics and no one talks about this and it makes me really upset because when you look at the economics, fracking hasn't created this like these great jobs that everyone claims that it has. They kept claiming it would create manufacturing jobs and they still are. No, we lost ten thousand since they claimed that. Give me a fucking break, like I oh, mean, fact. <laughs> Go away with your pesky but, fact. But, but this is on journalists too, because all the all the pro fracking politicians repeat that line from the fracking industry and say manufacturing jobs, manufacturing jobs, and. For the longest years, no journalists in the area were saying, uh, what about those manufacturing jobs? And there are really good economists that have been tweeting about this constantly, and I've only picked up on it recently, and I feel bad for not saying it earlier. <laughs> anyway, and so I, I compiled all of the support for the you know cracker plants. It's actually not as much as pro-fracking as you think it is. It's 11 support, 9 opposed. 11 who? 11 area politicians who support more fracker more cracker plants and more fracking and it's but not nine, in their backyard yeah, <laughs> but nine that oppose and eight no, and, and eight that are unclear 34 didn't give an answer they're afraid they are so afraid to tackle this issue how can you be an elected official and not have an opinion on the economic future of the region i mean just get a different job god almighty hey I, I just want to give a heads up. And maybe someone at the paper will be interested. In. Okay. Do you, have you ever heard of George Lang? No. He's coming on the show tomorrow. Okay. He, uh, he's uh, had a career as a photographer of, like, major personalities and this and that. And, boy, does he have stories to tell. So I was just looking at his website. Cool. And, my God, he's spent time with Warhol, with Sophia Loren. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, Jim Carrey, Honey Boo Boo, and Yo Yo Ma. How do you get from wow, Honey Boo Boo to the, Yo yeah. Yo Ma? <laughs> Donald Trump oh, in his heyday, yeah. right? And uh, Dennis Rodman, Mac Miller, Steve. He's got. I think he has the only picture of Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates uh, together. Oh wow! Yeah. Will that's you stop yawning? Sorry, I need. I need more coffee. God. I, that's gonna be good. So I Listen don't know. Listen in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone here in the arts uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. would I'll, like uh, to uh, talk to him. I'll he's a Pittsburgher, and okay. he's come home. Okay, yeah, that might be interesting. I think, and I think in fact, arts, there's some of his team. work is going to be, um, uh, you can see it at Mendelssohn Gallery in a few weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I'm just saying, um, he said Warhol plucked his nose hairs right before he... Hmm. Warhol seems like such a creep. I'm just <laughs> sorry. He just makes my skin crawl. Oh, I, uh, no. I am sorry. He makes my skin crawl. <laughs> he's, a little, he's eccentric, to say the least. Okay. Yeah. He's eccentric. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah. much for your passion and your professionalism and uh, <laughs> your pesky facts. Yes, thanks for having me on again. And we'll complain about the media forever. <laughs> That's right. That's Ryan Dido, in case you didn't know. And uh, he is the chief writer for Pittsburgh City Paper. Pick that up. Yeah, Okay, seriously. Have a good one. Thanks, I'll bye. see you tomorrow. And tune in. George Lang, all hour. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.